Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. My name is Shad. I'm here tonight with Matt and Brad. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Yeah, Brad? I'm uh, I'm uh, pouring out a 40 right now for Dean Ambrose's <clears throat> WWE career. <laughs> yeah, we'll be getting to that. That's going to be... There's There's a lot of buzz going on around that. I guess um, I guess since it's Dean Ambrose, I should put like a pack of Marlboro Reds and pour the forty out on the Marlboro Reds. You know, it, it's kind of hard to tell what the correct reaction to that would be, isn't it? So I don't know. Uh, it it depends on which version of Dean we get. Well, <clears throat> I don't know because I know he did in his promos. I don't know if he's more of a Marlboro guy or more of a menthol guy. We'll just go with Marlboro. Fair enough. He seems like a red guy, or yeah. maybe some maybe some parliaments. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He seems like a he seems like he likes that the more hardcore taste. <clears throat> yeah, if you really really wanted to uh, to just get those lungs nice and coated with tar, he could go with uh, like the the Pall Mall unfiltered. Ugh. Oh yeah. Oh oh oh. I'm clearly talking go- as someone who who clearly who smoked <laughs> back in the day. What about getting a pack of them waves? Nice and cheap and awful. Ugh. Ugh. I, I'm I'm guessing from what people have told me, I don't know. You know it was <coughs> always nice. I was never a big smoker, but some menthols with a, a nice uh a nice can of Dr. Pepper was always nice. Ugh. I I hated menthols. I didn't like the whole like numbing my mouth yeah yeah but i don't know i i wasn't big on it but like the like the marlboro stuff was just like uh i i just it was bad well i suppose it's good that we uh good that we get our anti-smoking psa out of the way early on (laughs) don't start smoking kids is this turning into like uh one of those truths commercials oh i hope not because that means not an r-truth commercial that that would be better but if it's a truth commercial then we'll have people who just light up to smite to spite us anyway we want to thank all of y'all for joining us tonight (laughs) it is uh we this is being recorded on uh january 29th 2019 we are uh cowering in the face of the polar vortex and we are um adequately numb to it by some of the stuff from the rumble and there's good stuff too but it's just not as good a joke <clears throat> we uh would love to hear from you guys we know we've got we've got listeners out there and we'd love to hear from you we've got a few different ways to do it uh we got the big blue f that would be facebook isn't that right brad yep uh that is four corners podcast that is the number four uh po- with podcast is a single word uh give us a like Leave us a comment, send us a message. We'd love to chat with you. Yep. And then sometimes, sometimes we got the little blue Tweety Bird. Isn't that right? That's true. We are also on the Twitters. We are at Podcast Four Corners. That's the capital P in podcast, the number four in Four Corners. Podcast Four Corners. So you can come and tweet with us. Absolutely. And then we are also on that. I guess it's a camera icon on a weird gradient background on Instagram. It is uh, Four Corners Podcast, the number four, four, the number four, the word corners, the word podcast. No spaces because Instagram don't let you do that. 
And um, we have the email as well if you want to reach us that way. Yep, that is pitpodcast25 at gmail.com. I don't check it like on a daily basis, so if you don't hear from me for a while, it's just because I haven't checked it. Sure. And then we're... um... We're staring down the uh, staring down the ways at um, I don't know where I was going with that. We are uh, <laughs> we are also uh, affiliates with Collar and Elbow. Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. So uh, this is actually a company started by Al Snow. We're an affiliate with them. Collar and Elbow Brand dot com. If you go to buy some quality gear for that wrestling fan or wrestler in your life. Um, use the discount code Four Corners Podcast. That's a number four. Uh, no spaces. Run it all together. You get 10% off your purchase. It's soft quality stuff. Um, I love my shirts. I know the guys love theirs. And, um, you know, they're they're good people. I've met them. I've talked to them. Um, and, and, you know, it's a good, it's a good company to support as well. And then, you know, we, we we can't really get started until we address what is undoubtedly the biggest, the most egregious um, absence from the Royal Rumble. And that's our regular shout out. Isn't that right, Matt? That's right. That's Epico Cologne. I don't know why uh, they did not have him in the in the men's rumble. Uh, or as we'll talk about tonight, he could have also been uh, in the women's rumble too. <laughs> Not because he's a woman; he's a very manly man. But apparently, there are no more rules about gender <laughs> in the rumble. How, apparently, it doesn't apply anymore. How do you put? How do you put Noe Jose in the Royal Rumble, but you don't put Epico Cologne? I mean, dude, I'm going to be real honest with you. There's a whole bunch of people I could say, how do you put them in the rumble and don't put Epicoco? <laughs> True. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So that's our shout outs out there. Like I said, we're just coming off um, the weekend of the Royal Rumble. There's a lot of stuff that happened. Um, <clears throat> we had uh, we had TakeOver, which had some good stuff to it. Uh, we had the Rumble itself and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, Let's let's hit some of the the high points that came off a of takeover real quick. Um, did you guys get to watch much of it? No, it, there was just there was just too much wrestling to like deal with this weekend. It was a lot to keep up with. What about you, Matt? Uh, what'd you ask? Takeover? Yeah. Did you get yeah, to watch no. much of takeover? No, I uh, I went to a buddy's poker. Night. <laughs> uh, so we were, I was basically throwing money away uh <laughs> doing that versus watching takeover how, how, how dare you sir we run a quality podcast and you go have fun you know what's just, the, you i know actually the, would have watched this but it, it, like brad's right like there's actually way too much like yeah, content like i did i would have watched it like sunday morning but the, that just wasn't in the cards yeah because yeah. the problem here is like so if you missed takeover you you have five hour well six hours of the rumble the next day how are you supposed to catch up that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, from the uh, from takeover, um, from what I understand, it was it was a solid card top to bottom, and that's that's a solid card top to bottom with just five matches too. Um, the the War Raiders defeated the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships. 
Uh, the War Raiders got a cool Viking uh, shield wall entrance. Uh, Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono beat the fire out of each other in their match. Uh, Gargano, Johnny Gargano, defeated Ricochet for the NXT North American Championship in what was a good match. I just got interrupted too many times to really enjoy the flow of it. Um, Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair had a, uh, you know, for the NXT women's title, Baszler won to retain. Um, pretty good. And then uh, Ciampa defeated Aleister Black to retain the NXT title. Uh, we got to watch the show close with Gargano and Ciampa side by side again. Which so good. leads me to wonder what what's going to happen here. Uh, we also got a, um, at, at the end of the night, there's a confrontra- confrontation between Black Ricochet and Velveteen Dream uh, squaring up with Adam Cole, Ciampa, and Gargano. So we get the return of Halftime Heat next weekend to have a, a six-man match. Kind of a, a, a quick note. They did, I forget what they were calling it, but they taped, I don't know if it aired yet. I don't know if it's supposed to air, but they taped a, They taped some sort of tournament thing uh, where the winner got a title shot at whatever of their brands choosing they they could choose between like nxt or nxt uk and i think two of five live and velveteen dream actually won that so Did he? yeah so I, again i don't know when that's airing right or if it already did air but there that's something in the card so i imagine they're going to have him compete against maybe i, I would presume uh champa but i mean i okay. guess they could they could have him go against Pete Dunn or something. I don't. I don't really want to see him on Two Hundred Five Live. I think he's. It's kind it was of like nice. Where you go to die, basically. <laughs> One thing that was nice about uh, watching Takeover was Dream was not competing, but they still made a point to show you he was there. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know he arrives in the limo with two ladies. He comes out. He's sitting at ringside. He's watching the show. He's talking with his lady friends, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the night, he joins the baby faces to square up. So even though he wasn't on the card, he was still very active. And that was nice to see. You know, they're not they're not forgetting about him. They're not letting uh, they're not letting any heat die off. They were just reminding you he's there. And he he dressed very velveteen dreamish. <laughs> Sit at ringside too, so I'll look forward to seeing what happens. Um. I just looked it up. It's called Worlds Collide, apparently, mm. and I guess it's not airing until February second, so this Saturday. This Saturday, okay. I might have to okay. check that out. <clears throat> uh, I'd be the, curious. The, the tournament had some interesting guys. It was it was some. It was actually it looks like five people from each. So okay. it has it has a NXT UK guys, some NXT guys, and some two of five live guys, and it's got some interesting people. It's got like actually some of the matches on here I would be interested in watching. It's got a like Adam Cole versus Keith Lee. You have Adam I, Cole. I'd be I'd be down for that. Yeah, Adam Cole versus Tyler Bate, uh, Velveteen Dream versus Jordan Devlin. I'm not as big on Jordan Devlin, but he's pretty he's he's good. And eh, uh, bores me. Uh, they have um, they have Humberto Carrillo. I haven't seen him, but I've heard a lot of hype about him. Oh, Tyler Bate versus Cedric Alexander. That actually could be probably pretty good. Yeah. 
Well, I uh, I'll be looking for it too if I get to if I get to watch it. Right? I'll be I'll be real curious about that. You know, the uh, on one hand I'm surprised, but then on the other hand I'm not uh, that there was a certain name not in the the UK lineup for this. I'm a little bit surprised that that Walter was not. Uh, in the lineup, but on the other hand, um, would you really want to do that and and not have him win? Like this tournament, you got to have some cool matchups you wouldn't normally see, and then it's a vehicle for for giving Dream a push. And you couldn't really put Walter in this without hurting, or you you wouldn't want to waste him by losing in this tournament. So. Um, on one hand, I get it, and on the other hand, it's like, would have liked to have seen that. Anyway, so TakeOver. Good show overall. Um, nowhere near as long as the Rumble. So uh, you should definitely check it out. <clears throat> and the Rumble itself. This show was long. It was very long. That's like, the- it's it's getting to the point that the, the Monday after Mania, I'm... I'm considering scheduling a day off then if I want to watch the whole thing to go. Well, it's, it's hard because, like, overall, what I watched the show I enjoyed, but there was so much of it, you just get tired of it. Without having the, the same kind of emotional hook, then you don't... Um, it's, not, it's not as much fun, you know? It's... Like, you can still enjoy it, and they can still do a good job, but unless you're, like, really pulled in... It's not exactly the same. And they they made some real... I feel like they made some real tactical errors with their card construction for this show. Yeah, I could see that. What do you think, Matt? Okay, so Matt is dragging his face across his desk right now. Got it. Um, (laughs) So, the pre-show. Alright, so Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defeated Scott Dawson and Rezar with Drake Maverick. So if if Dawson and Rezar had won, the Revival and AOP would have received each received a raw tag title match. Why did they do this? Out of curiosity. Um, I don't know. You combine that with the, the stories about the Revival asking their for their release right after the match still in their gear because they're unhappy about how the tag division's being run and then they do this, it's I don't know. It's it's a weird choice. Like it's nice to see Chad Gable doing well, but this just doesn't fit. You know, it 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 feels like um, it it feels like uh, it feels like a glove missing a finger or something. I kind of feel like um, Chad Gable's slumming it with this Bobby Roode tag team. It it honestly seems like they had nothing for these two guys, so they just threw them in a tag team. But I mean, like yeah. I feel like Chad Gable could be like the IC champ. Like he could be mixing it up with like, like Finn Balor and like um, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Like on a weekly basis. Like I just feel like he he could be that guy that's like the that that guy that's right like at the top of the mid card, right at the very bottom of the upper mid card. I absolutely believe that. And when when I went to that live show, they had. Um, they had a match with um, them versus the authors. No, it was them versus um, 
the revival and I don't remember who the other team was, and literally the only guy that the fans cared about in that match was Chad Gable. Gable is one of the people that Meltzer advocates for for leaving and going to work somewhere else in a big way. Because he says, you know, <clears throat> this is a... Uh, uh, this is a... Uh, you know, this is a guy who's who's got so much potential, and the he could be, for lack of a better way of putting it, he could be like a a successor to Kurt Angle, but they're not doing anything with him. See, he's that guy. If he had come along ten years ago, he would have been like, he would have been like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan levels huge in that like Ring of Honor, Jersey All Pro, like IWA Mid South. Atmosphere, like ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we see all those guys have been doing really well. Uh, you know, now working for working for Vince. Yeah. Okay. The next match on the card was uh, Nakamura and, versus Rusev for the United States title. Okay. So this was the return of the the show they aired on Christmas Eve or on Christmas something like that. Yeah. Uh, where Rusev had won the title. Here's the interesting thing. Not Nakamura won and and you know, reassumed the United States championship, but there was some interplay with Lana being at ringside, which I'm going to come back to. Um, this is not hey, I if I say it now then we're gonna we're gonna skip ahead and kind of spiral past it, but it it, it showed Remarkable forethought, which impressed me. Although apparently, um, let me see. Uh, apparently, um, since well, we'll we'll get into that later. We'll talk about what happens with with Truth and Nakamura and Rusev uh, in a little bit. Um, this one, the next on the pre uh, pre show was Buddy Murphy. Versus Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto for the Cruiserweight Championship in a Fatal 4-Way. This match was a lot of fun to, you know, it was a lot of fun to watch because you had all of these guys, you know, going going pretty well. And then you had Itami doing a lot of character work. He did a whole lot of, like, the other guys would get going and Itami would back off from it. And wait for everything to happen, and then the guy who's still standing turns and Tommy smiles at him and kicks him in the face. So there's a lot of really good character work out of a Tommy in this. Um, Murphy retained with I can't with Murphy's Law. Um, it was a fun match to watch. Uh, so you know, not missing a whole lot there, or missing out. I'm sorry, missing it. It was a good match. It's I, to me, it's really unfortunate if if you saw like Itami as Kenta mm-hmm. uh, in Pro Wrestling Noah, like and just to kind of see where his career wound up. I mean, he he's he ran into some bad luck getting injured, but he was yeah. old when he came over too, though. Yeah, but I mean, he was. I I still feel like it, it, he could have there could have been a lot more done with him, but. Uh, regardless of, of Tommy, like I, 
Are either of you as just over Lucha House Party as oh, I am? Oh, God, I've been, I've been done. I do not care. Like, this I've is... never been, like, that clued in on it. It just kind of seems like it's a excuse to do whatever we feel like doing with with luchadors. I mean, Kalisto coming down to the ring, handing out candy out of pinata on one hand is, like, an, an amusingly babyface thing. And then on the other hand, I'm kind of like, you know, really? But, you know, remember who we're watching. But, like, the problem I have is I never understood, like, what the Lucha House Party rules was, like, when they were doing those matches, and why that was, why they were faces, because they were essentially cheating to screw the Revival every week. Um, I got nothing. And I, I like the I like the individual guys in Lucha House Party, but like it's just obnoxious. Yeah, I honestly I would prefer the Mexicals come back at this point. I was getting ready to invoke the Mexicals, um, but I was always a fan of Hooventude. So, <clears throat> and until you know he uh, went crazy. But you have you have Grand Metallic who is probably a top 50 worker in the world and you're doing this with him which is nothing oh lord what could i pick from what could we pick from from here could we pick a kevin dunn thing or could we pick a johnny laronitis thing or pick a vince thing to because it doesn't you know with the record of people who've been in in these decision uh decision making positions does it surprise you that they've done that? They've they've looked at the Mexican guy and gone, let's give him a let's let's just give him like a generic lucha gimmick. Well, well, let's let's give them let's give them some credit here, Shad. They have progressed a lot on their um, their racial views because Lucha House Party is not coming to the ring on lawnmowers like the Mexicals were. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I'm surprised even back then they got away with that. Yeah, I'll admit I was too. You know, honestly, like, I will defend them on that. It was probably Hoobie's idea. <laughs> you know, it probably was. <coughs> Hoobie got mixed up with, I think, Ecstasy, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that did something to him. Um, so, you know, it, it yeah, uh, it probably was his idea. <sighs> okay, so... That was the end of the pre-show. Um, we kicked off the main show with the SmackDown women's title match, Asuka versus Becky Lynch. Uh, this match was good. You know, uh, it's Asuka and Becky Lynch, so not a whole lot, um, not a whole lot to be surprised with it with it being good. But I we got to the end, and um, I was kind of scratching my head, you know, thinking this. Eh, like, I know, I, I figured what they were building to, but do you really want to do it this way? So, I I thought this was a good match. I thought this was a little paint-by-numbers. Um, but I will say, like, I'm going to bring up a later match. I did like Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks a lot better. I thought that that was a far superior match. I'm going to actually co-sign co on that. Um, I watched the Asuka-Becky Lynch match, and I'm obviously I'm as people who've listened to the podcast by now know, I'm very high on, on Becky Lynch. Um, and I thought this was a good match, but 
I was like strangely like not connected to it. Like I think maybe it's because I, I think you're right, Brad. You hit upon something. It, it was all, it was kind of paint by the numbers, but, which I don't. I almost feel bad saying that because it wasn't like boring in any way. But it, it was just it was a, it was a decent match. I didn't like. I actually didn't like the end just because because I am high on Becky and I think he needed to keep her strong. Although well, I guess we'll touch upon how they did keep her strong. But I didn't like how yeah. she uh, she tapped out. But I guess yeah. I guess maybe they there is logic in doing that because they kind of have been fumbling around with Asuka for quite a bit. Um, and yeah. Kind of building her up. So having her tap out Becky is pretty good. And if Becky, you know, what does wind up winning, uh, wrestling, wrestling in the main event of mania and possibly beating Ronda Rousey. I mean, it could potentially set up Becky versus Asuka again in the future. So, yeah, I think, well, I think where I thought Rousey and banks was better is, there was this very visceral sense of danger in the Rousey Banks match. They very well conveyed at least the sense that they didn't like each other and that it it was almost getting like personal. Yeah. And, and as I, the match progressed, yeah. And I liked how Banks kind of like sassed her at the end where she like gave her the four fingers and she was just kind of like, you know, this isn't over. <clears throat> oh, you're cutting out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't well, saying anything. Uh, okay. The um, how did you like Banks? Uh, I'm sorry, Ed, Corey Graves going on about how uh, Banks was a sore loser. Oh my god! I if if I was running WWE, I would not let Corey Graves commentate any women's matches. You know what the sad thing is? Is I actually think he's arguably the best announcer that they have because I don't think that he, they have good announcing. No, but uh, I absolutely think that Graves is is uh, on the main roster. Graves is absolutely the best. He's never Look, I, he's never been ahead. my favorite, but he is he has gotten markedly worse in the last like four months. They're over taxing him. Yeah, yeah, he's easy. doing a lot, and yeah, I, th- I think that he's leaning into the gimmick a lot because yeah. you can look look. There's only so much you can say. He did what six hours of the Rumble. Raw the next night, SmackDown the night after that, and then he had to go and record voiceovers for the next game. Dude, you run out of stuff to say if you keep going at that pace. So leaning into the gimmick, like, I get it. And I still think that if you were to put Graves and Mauro Ranallo together, I think you'd have chocolate and peanut butter. But, well, we had that, didn't we? Am I? You know who I actually thought did a really good job on this was when they brought JBL and Lawler in for the Royal Rumble. Oh, a nice little, that was some nice character touch. And, and JBL was like the old JBL because like when guys would come out, like when Jeff Jarrett came out, they're like, Oh yeah, we wrestled that guy. And you know, JBL's like, Hey, you know, that guy beat me for like his first like championship or, Oh yeah. That guy tossed me out like one year or whatever. Like I thought they did a good job. Yeah. He was, he, he was very much about putting people over. And I always enjoying ha- enjoy having Lawler on commentary. Um, but yeah, this was good. Like, it just, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't, you know, sometimes even like a, an inferior match can grip you in a certain way and like mm-hmm. draw you in. Like, I just never got that drawn with this match. Maybe it, it honestly could be that I watched this on Monday 
and I knew I had like five hours of pay-per-view in front of me. <laughs> yeah, so you were starting the slog. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that there's another piece that goes into this because <clears throat> being the uh, <clears throat> clued-in insiders that we are, because we read the internet, um, we knew something was going to be something else was going to be happening with Becky Lynch that night. So that's not where the carrot was. We were kind of waiting on that shoe to drop to mix metaphors. And so there wasn't the same, like, it, it's just kind of like, mm, okay, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Wait. And it, it's not going to happen during this match. And knowing that you're just kind of like, ah, I don't know. I feel like the crowd knew that too, because the crowd wasn't very into this match either. I mean, they were still hot for, for Becky, but that's the norm now. Yeah, but comparatively to a couple other matches on the card, like, they didn't, they weren't popping for this. Um, no, I don't, I don't think they were. Like, um, did you guys, did either of you get to watch the Lesnar-Finn Balor match? Oh, yeah. I did oh, not, yeah. no. So, in that one, <laughs> the crowd started out fairly apathetic, and, like, they hit this point in that match, like, where every time Finn Balor would hit a move, they would just, like, start going crazy for everything he did. Oh, yeah. And then he hit the coup de gras, and they, like, the place just went absolutely, like, batshit insane. Yep. Well, we'll we'll get to that yeah. one, because that's, that's a good but, bone of contention. But, but this one, it's, they, I don't um, know, it's just missing some punch. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. <clears throat> After that was The Miz and Shane McMahon versus The Bar. I skipped this. I saw like literally 5 seconds of this and it was Shane McMahon doing something looking like he was going to have a heart attack like he always does. I watched I was there for all 13 minutes of this match. Yeah, so was I. Oh my and god, they I, gave this 13 minutes. Oh yep. yeah, and I don't know why. Um it it's ponderous. It really is ponderous. It's like, I get yeah. that he's a McMahon, but there really isn't any like rational <laughs> explanation, in my opinion, as to why they're presenting Shane as like competent. Like, like it, people should, like, he's like, he's just actually one of the wrestlers and he can go toe to toe with any of them. I mean, Seamus is like a, a former world champion. Yeah, like, and he's having to, to. I mean, I don't really particularly care for Sheamus outside of the bar. Like, I think he he's but good. Sheamus is like but, a soccer hooligan in real life. If these two people existed outside of wrestling, like he would Sheamus, destroy. Shane. Yeah, he would bite Shane's nose off and like beat him senseless. Yeah, just yeah. because. And and said he has to like you know sit there in the corner and sell Shane's like little shitty punch jabs. It, it, it's. I'm sorry. I know I'm cutting you off. No, it's, no, it's fine. It bothers me in that, like the original point of doing this storyline was was gonna, you know, Shane turns heel and all that kind of stuff, and they have abandoned that. They've the like the that whole plan has been dropped entirely. So now you have Miz who has desperately wanted to be BFFs, and with Shane. And Shane, like, doing stuff, and it seems like they've just kind of been bumbling along in matches on SmackDown. And I 
don't know where they're going with it. Because to have Miz turn on Shane doesn't make any sense because the whole feud or the whole story has been Miz wants to be buddies with Shane and Shane is kind of quietly amused by this. Who's going to turn on who? What's going to happen, right? Are they going to lose and then Miz flips out and blame Shane? That doesn't – that would just be such a big character change from how the whole story has gone. You, you know what they should have done? They should have done uh, Halloween Havoc. No, wait. Yeah, that was Halloween Havoc 1995 where, like, Shane's in peril and Miz comes out. He's about to make the hot tag and Miz just instantly turns on him. Like, if this whole thing had been a setup for Miz to get Shane in the ring and then leave him hanging for the bar to beat up and say, this is for, you know, this is for dropping me out of the best in the world tournament, that would have been great. That would have been choice. I knew that wasn't going to happen when they showed Mrs. Dad at ringside, though. No, they wouldn't have done it, too, because the crowd would have cheered that, too, probably. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say in football, the ball don't lie. Hey, the crowd don't really lie, either. So, um, yeah, this this it went. One thing that stuck out at me in this match is I can't unsee it now. Notice... When they're having a match, Sheamus doesn't turn his head. Like, his he's, his head stays facing forward. And if he turns, he turns his whole upper body. You know what I don't get about Shane? Like, he's... So, he Shane's, like, probably a legit, like, multi-millionaire, right? Yeah. Why yeah. doesn't he get that, like, that hair plug surgery where they, like, shave your ass and put it in your, <laughs> your head? <laughs> Like, his receding hairline is quite creepy, especially, like, when he's all blown up looking like he's going to have a heart attack. I don't know. I, I don't I don't have any idea on that. Well, what, what go ahead, gonna, Matt. What I was going to say a minute ago is, again, I just, I don't understand, like, the Shane's offense. Like, back in the day, if you recall, like, way back in the day, like, nineteen late late 1990s, uh, maybe like early 2000s when yeah. he was working kind of regularly. Uh, it it kind of made sense because he had he either had like the mean street posse like uh, interfering on his behalf mm-hmm. or he would do such like crazy shit that it's like, OK, well, he's not like a trained wrestler or anything, but he would just be off the wall, like jumping off like 20 foot uh you know, platforms to do elbow drops and things like that. Like so crazy enough stuff that you're like, okay, well, he's just, he's like a, a wild man. He's like, you, you can kind of believe he's just wrecking his body to try and, and harm the other person. But this, I, I don't know. He's just, he's, he's like, just like a regular wrestler in there. He's yeah. doing like shooting star presses and stuff. Yeah. He's like, the problem I have with him now is like, yeah, he's kind of built, but he's an old man now and he looks like an old man and he's blown up. And it's just like, I'm pretty sure, like, at this point in the match, like, me being, like, 5'8 and not, like, super physically imposing, I'm pretty sure at this point I could just push you over, old man. Like, <laughs> like that's where that's my disconnect with it. Like, he doesn't even have, like, youth on his side anymore. Yeah. It, it's... You were you were saying earlier with, with the way that he, uh, he did stuff, he was just... Basically, Shane would win things by flinging himself at stuff, not necessarily uh, well. Like his elbow drop the table has always looked really 
weird to me because um, he didn't like he never gets his elbow out for it like his arms always kind of flopped up for it <clears throat> but um, you know he, it was he would just like jump on something and throw himself at the guy and that works and now they're wanting us to take like his martial arts training seriously even though I mean you know he's throwing straight punches and that sort of stuff but they don't look no. that good right he's really slow because he's throwing the thing that gets me with shane's punches is that he's throwing them from the shoulder and if you're going to be throwing punches like that punches like that come from your feet like your body twists into them and he's trying to like pepper them off so fast that it's all just in the arms and it, that takes me out of it in a big way um you know it, it it's uh, and throwing Muay Thai knees, I uh, look at that and I'm like, no, no, like, I don't, I'm not trying to brag, but I can look at that and go, I did that spot better. I, I know for a fact I did that spot better. I think, I, I, I'm, I'm saying a lot of mean jokes about him, but where he makes me uncomfortable to watch him is like, within the first two minutes of a match, he's like, dark red and like sweating profusely and it's, and i'm literally sitting there thinking like am i gonna watch this guy just keel over and die at any moment and yeah that blood pressure has got to be sky high yeah, yeah. Like, so. it's, like what what his body is doing like some guys sweat instantly but like what his body is doing is not like normal for a healthy human being to be doing when they're physically exerting themselves yeah, well, I can't I can't say too much. My body does some of that whenever I get going, but it's um, you know it's it's I don't I don't get that that kind of red. But the, Shane's also got some like thick cheeks, so it kind of looks like he's doing the Ultimate Warrior, like puffing the cheeks out when he breathes thing. He's got some which vein, makes him look older. He's got some vein shit going on too. That's like makes it look worse too. <laughs> so, all of that being said, this was a whole match about us talking about how Shane McMahon looks out of place. The match ends, and so they get this feel-good moment of, of Miz over with his dad. Which does remind me, the interesting thing about watching this show is it was not set up like a typical pay-per-view. You had the, the dogleg uh, aisle down to the ring, kind of like a, an older pay-per-view had. Um, I don't know if that's that's just an artifact of it it being on a baseball field or what, but that was that was different. Not not necessarily in a bad way, but it was it was different. Okay. It, uh, uh, <laughs> I think the setup w- kind of sucked because the because it being a stadium, the sound travels up and not towards the cameras, mm. and it really screwed up the acoustics a lot. Yeah, they. it didn't feel like they were mutant mics, but it also didn't feel like everything was as loud as it should have been. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so the match after the tag match, uh, we kind of already talked about, was Rousey v. Sasha. This is the best match of the night by far. I haven't seen the entire um, show, but so I can't comment, but it, it, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. I would say this is Ronda's best showing. 
And this is probably like Sasha's best showing in like a couple years. The thing that I got out of this, uh, well, it was a very good match. Sasha looked like a. I look at Sasha like you 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 stood Sasha next to Ronda, and um, Sasha, you know, just standing them next to each other. You would look at it and you'd be like, mm, "I don't." It, it's kind of hard for me to buy Sasha being a threat here, right? Because Sasha's not real tall. She's not, you know, she's she's a thin lady, but she carried, you know, she was a threat in this. Um, the thing I, I really enjoyed in seeing this was um, Sasha stealing Ronda's armbar in that spot because it was. That was fun to watch is just all of a sudden uh, and that was something um, in in Becky versus Oscar they had a they had this really cool submission sequence where they were going for their own moves and then they were going for each other's moves and it was a, this really cool back and forth sequence in this one Sasha just straight up stole the armbar and she didn't just steal it she cranked on that sucker you know you know what I liked about the armbar sequence in this is this is something you don't see in WWE very often, but they they trusted the audience to stay with them, and they just they milked that armbar for a really long time. Yeah, and um, Ronda, I'm sitting there watching that, thinking I didn't realize that she was that flexible, like the way that 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 Sasha's pulling on it, and she gets this crazy extension back because she's also like pulling the shoulder. And then she did the the thing that Rhonda does is she pulls the hand and, you know, grabs the hand and pulls it so that the wrist is extended and is cranking on it. And I'm just going, wow. And this match also showed me that Sasha should have been a heel the whole time because she had a little more of a heel swagger to her and it really helped her matches and personality within the match. Mm-hmm. She's a very natural heel and it, it fits so much better than than the babyface stuff she's been doing. And Ronda really sold well here, like surprisingly well for someone that hasn't even been wrestling for a year. Like she sold some of this stuff like Sasha was just beating her to within an inch of her life. Um one thing I was I can say about that, if if you are someone who's been who has been in an arena grappling martial arts, you know what it's like when that hurts you remember it because you've been there at least once so for Rhonda to be able to sell well doesn't surprise me she's been through that at some point in her life so for her to dig deep and really convey what it was like you know I I, I totally believe that and it's good um, I'm just it just doesn't surprise me Matt, we've been talking a lot. Uh, we haven't been boxing you out, have we? No, I, I did think it was a really like visually impressive spot. Yeah, um, yeah I actually just really I, I like this match a lot. I like the like we kind of touched upon it before. Like I think to me, it, the match started kind of like awkward, or they weren't. It didn't seem like the chemistry was quite there. Uh, but then it, it felt it built towards the end, and it really kind of did seem like they were all not quite getting into like a desperation thing, mm-hmm. but. Definitely, like they were each trying to put the other one away, and it wasn't quite. Neither could quite get, uh, you know, that one move or that one submission, right? 
until finally Rhonda started using uh, some of like the judo throws and everything. But yeah, uh, I did think they did a good job kind of building up like the tension and how like they at at the end like they didn't really Sasha didn't really uh, it, she lost, but she didn't really kind of accept it. She yeah. kind of gave Rhonda attitude, even though Rhonda was trying to extend her hand in a good sportsmanship. So yeah, and then. Uh, Sasha threw up the the four horsewomen sign, so I don't know if yeah. that means they're kind of pushing that sooner rather than later or what. It, it's on one hand, I was thinking, well, wow, that's some that's some inside baseball, isn't it? And then on the other hand, I'm like, why would they why would they have that on camera like that unless they were going to go with it? It was it was interesting to see the two resurgences that happened on the same night in two separate instances. Mm-hmm. We'll get into this. We'll get into um, we'll get into what I kind of call uh, Bailey's resurrection in the women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, and it, that carried over to the next night. So, don't let me forget whenever we talk about that. Um, interestingly enough, this was followed up by the thirty-woman Royal yeah. Rumble. And I'm just gonna get out and say it right now, and we'll get right on top of it. She came out late. But this showed what a lot of people have been saying is people were just waiting for Bailey to kick some ass. Yeah. And she was still over. Like her music hits and the crowd cheers for it. Even with the acoustics being weird, you can hear them cheering for Bailey. But when she started just beating the shit out of everyone, like the crowd was so behind that. Like mm-hmm. I I actually think if she would have eliminated Becky, the crowd wouldn't even have turned on her. I think they would have turned on her, but it wouldn't have been as bad as someone else doing it. I think I think she's the only one that could have gotten away with it, and if it hadn't have been like a super cheapo one, like super okay. cheapo elimination. I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know that I can wholly agree with it, but I see where you're coming from. So what what I liked about this match is, I thought I, for one, like I thought last year's um, Rumble with the women was really overrated. I like that this year did not um, rely on nostalgia so much, and I like that they. Um, I like the way they like a lot of the women came out. Like I like the way they use the NXT women. I love the way uh, Sane came out and she just went right at Charlotte with the chops. Yep. And she pretty much just went right in her face and is just like, "Get ready, like I'm chopping you right now." Mm-hmm. Matt, do you want to you want to get your thoughts out? Because I don't mean to be monopolizing time or anything. Uh, no, again, I didn't really watch. I didn't have time to watch this match because the okay. review was like six hours long. Yeah, that's so. true. The thing that I got out of this Rumble match is, even though they didn't do a lot of the more common, I guess, Rumble tropes. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had you had the Iron Woman slot which um, I think Natalia got that. But you didn't have the, like, there's too many people in the ring, and one person comes out and, like, clears it out. So there's there's only a few people out there or anything. Um, it was, you didn't have that. You didn't have anyone harping on the most eliminations thing. <clears throat> but what you had was a very good showcase for everybody. And everybody comes out and gets to do something Almost everybody, because um, like Liv Morgan came out third and just got tossed. 
and Sarah Logan came out and she got tossed. But when uh, Ruby Riot comes out and they come with her, they they did the thing where Ruby Riot's in the ring, and then the two of them would grab someone, pull them outside of the ring, beat the crap out of her, and then throw her back in. And they did that a number of times until I believe it was Io Shirai wiped the all three of them out, um, and that was really cool. And to see EO come out and do stuff like that. To see uh, Kyrie Sane come out and, you know, she started out by chopping on Charlotte and she did some other stuff. And it was organically done enough that the ring cleared out for her to drop her elbow. Uh, and you got to see all these, all these women come out and showcase themselves in a very cool way. Nikki Cross comes out, you know, being her wild self and just just goes nuts all over everybody. Like she just starts unloading at everybody who's out there. You know what I loved about Nikki Cross in this is when Tamina came out and she just went right for Tamina. She was like, you're the biggest one in here. Like I'm taking you out. Yeah. Tamina comes out there and Nikki Cross, like Tamina came out and hit a couple of people. And then Nikki Cross turns and looks at her and gives her that wild eye, like teeth bear expression. And then just jumps on her. And she's like, got you, you think you're the big dog here? I'm going to jump all over you. And just went nuts. And that was, like I said, everybody who was in this got to do something really cool. You know what really stood out to me about <laughs> Nikki Cross, too, is for as little as they've done with her, she has massive buy-in from the crowd. She does. Yeah, she was pretty over. Um, I, did, I didn't watch the I, – I watched, like, uh, highlights of it. I didn't actually see, like, the entire match, but – uh, she's she's gotten great reactions, and I guess maybe that's the benefit of you know coming in from NXT, where you you kind of have that more that the better fan interaction with you. Oh yeah, and it was she had a lot. She had she was really over, and it was really cool to see. And something else I liked in this is that none of the eliminations felt cheap. No, even right? um. Even their even their use of hornswoggle in this match was actually really well timed. And... <laughs> okay, okay, we got to back up and tell this story. <clears throat> so Zelina Vega comes out, and she finally does the the gag that everyone had that had uh, you know come of age anywhere near the '90s made. She comes out wearing the Vega mask with the claws from Street Fighter, right? And she comes out and she does some stuff, and then she. She's the one, she bails out of the ring and hides underneath it. Now, she didn't just hide underneath it and stay hidden. She'd poke her head out and laugh at people that got eliminated and hide again. So that was that was fun. You you didn't forget that she was there, and she was a despicable heel in doing it until she comes out and does that at one point. And then Hordeswoggle pops out. And she, like, freaks out because I guess she doesn't like leprechauns or something. <laughs> Or, I don't know, Hornswoggle's, like, apparently has a reputation for being a kayfabe pervert or something. And she freaks out and runs runs in the ring, and I don't you remember. Know, I have to say, though, she, she's taking her career under her own hands because <laughs> that is Mr. McMahon's son that uh, she was running away uh, from. I forgot about that. <laughs> So she like freaks out right in the <coughs> ring and Rhea Ripley like tosses her and then Hornswoggle yeah. decides to further chase her. I chased her all the way. That was a that was a good spot. That was a really good spot. And um like you said, Bailey came out. Bailey just 
whipped up on everybody out there. She comes out and just whips up, and people are loving it. Here's what I was going to follow up with. Next night on Raw, Ronda goes out to cut this promo and just bumbles it. Right? That's never been her strong point. But she, like, really bumbles it. Bailey comes out and has a match with her and carries Ronda, like, to a good match. Ronda's done well, but the only call it in the ring that I'm aware of that Ronda has had was with Natalia, who's her training partner. Bailey came out, carried her to a good, carried a, while very talented, very green opponent to a good match on an off night. Like, Bailey is good. And to see her come out and be able to do all the stuff that she did was really good. It was, you know, it's nice to see they're they're letting her have a spine, unlike with the flipping Alexa Bliss feud. God, that that seriously, I like pure baby faces. Okay, I'm a I'm a fan of that. I like having seeing the good person stand up for what needs to be stood up for. Or, or something like, you know, I like Bailey um, for that reason. And to see her, you know, have this time of, of, of just unloading on people and showing she's a force to be reckoned with is great. I love it. So my, so um, we'll get, I, have to, I have to say this next part after we go to the, after we, um, after we get through, um, the Lana part. So Lana comes out and she's still hurt from the Rusev yeah. match. Now that's, I, I, I put a pin in it during the match with, um, between Rusev and Nakamura, Lana was on the apron and Nakamura did the Toro Toro spot where he's arguing with her. Rusev's coming. He moves. Rusev hits Lana. Lana goes to the outside. Lana <clears throat> quote, sustained an ankle injury. So Lana's, she was number 29 to come out. Yeah. 28 or 29. Can't remember which 28. one. So she's like, she's trying to make her way down, but she's just barely hobbling along to the point where she, she does not, um, she doesn't make it down to the ring. And then Naya attacks her and uh, yeah. did not take good care of her on that, like slam into the guardrail. Yeah. By the way, yeah. how, how shocking. Yeah, uh, Naya was careless with the uh, yeah an opponent. So then, yeah. so Lana's down and out, and they're trying to they're trying to figure out what to do. And Becky comes out. She starts arguing with Fit Finley. Um, I would argue that this is a conflict of interest on Fit Finley's part, but um, let's just keep going. <laughs> so she's arguing, she's arguing, she's arguing, and Fit Finley just finally says, "You know what? Like, have at it." And at this point, yeah. the crowd's like, at this point, the crowd's just losing their mind. And at this point, my wife just is pissed off at everyone in this match because they do not team up to eliminate Nia Jax. There's a point where they all hit her with a bunch of stuff and Bailey does the elbow drop on her. Yeah. And my wife starts yelling, like, what are you doing? Like, get rid of her. Like, everyone knows you have to team up on the fat one. <laughs> and she's like... And I remind that's, uh, that's Royal Rumble 101. Well, that is. Well, that's and I, basic etiquette. And I, I start. So I start. I start. <coughs> I start. I start making it worse. I'm like, remember, this is this is what this is how Yokozuna was like. They didn't have enough people to get him out. 
And she's like, you're right. Like, what are they doing? Like, you stupid people. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brad, that's excellent. That's excellent trolling. I, I appreciate know. that so much. <clears throat> so, you know, Becky comes in, and the match persists on until it's just Becky and Charlotte. And <clears throat> who was it that... Um, who was it that was on the like Becky's going like Becky had gotten thrown through the ropes and so she's coming back in and Charlotte's turning around waiting for her and Becky's coming up the steps and I can't remember who it was. Someone played the poor sport and clipped Becky from the uh, oh, from it the was, steps. Um, it was <laughs> was it no hold on I have to see when they were eliminated it was. Is like the the last person eliminated, I think. It wasn't Carmella, was it? I don't think so, because Carmella's kind of been in this. I don't think it was. No, Naya. it wasn't Nia. Was it like Carmella's been in this kind of tweener place? So I don't think it was Carmella, but I can't put my finger on who it was. I'm looking at the elimination order. Um, yeah, you. She'd been out there a while. I think it might have been. Yeah. Was it Deville? No, she'd been gone. Was it? No, no. Um, yeah. Wasn't Alexa? No, no. I don't. I don't think it was Alexa. No. It was the next to last elimination. I think. Because it but, was Bailey, Naya, Carmella, Alexa. It might have been Alexa. For some reason, I have this impression it was a blonde that did it. Incidentally, this this Royal Rumble had the 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 blondest Royal Rumble distinction happened in it, where there were I think five women in the ring and they were all they were all blonde. Um, yeah, there was some uh, chatter on social media about that, but there was there yeah. was. But so she comes out and she she clips Becky in the knee, <clears throat> and the the refs are Becky's like trying to get to her feet and trying to get to her feet and she's selling that her knee is messed up. And the ref is getting ready to call it and award it to Charlotte. And Becky grabs the ref, pulls him out of the way, rolls in the ring, and pulls herself on the ro- up on the ropes and is shouting, I can go, I can go, let's do this. And, you know, Charlotte, being a flair, goes after the obvious weak point <clears throat> until it doesn't work. And, and Becky turns the tables on her and throws her out and eliminates her. I have to say that is, regardless of how I felt about about her, her match with Oscar, that right there, that's that's like primo babyface stuff. She rolled in there. She's obviously hurt, but she says, "No, I'm not letting you get away with this. Let's do this. Let's go. Come on, let's do it." And she takes the beating, and yet still succeeds. Um, God, that's. That's just great stuff. It it was a I like that they that they gave them so much time, just the two of them, mm-hmm. and the crowd the crowd really popped when she won. But this oh yeah, is, this is where this this was I think their biggest blunder of the night though. This should have been the last thing to go on. I will agree with you on that. Um, this was going to be the big. Well, this ended up being the big emotional pop. I don't think it was the one that they they thought there would be another one that would eclipse it, but um, nope. 
they were stupid. It's, they were stupid incidentally, for thinking that. Honestly, Melcher had on Twitter. He said, "Anyone who comes out after Becky Lynch, uh, that's the death spot because you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to follow her." Um, this is an example of why. Um, What's amazing to me is. Is I swear every time I watch a show, she is more over than the last time like she came out. She's not. It's not oddly enough quite the same fire, but man, she's taken off in a way that there is a reason people compare her to Austin. It not quite the same thing and not the same gimmick, but she's really taken off. Um, one other thing I forgot to mention. And this was my, uh, this was my, uh, the surprise of the night for me was, um, is it's Katie Catanzaro. Yeah. The, the warrior. Um, she had a really good showing and I actually appreciated and enjoyed seeing that in this match too. Sorry, I know that's kind of a after everything we talked about, that's an odd addendum, but No, we talked uh, we talked about yeah. her in the May Young episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We also get to see uh Zia Lee or Zia Lee. I thought she was very in impressive in the like couple minutes she was in. They haven't signed her to a contract, have they? I don't know. She's really good. Like I I actually, yeah, I feel like they should. I mean, they signed Mia Yim, which was a great signing, but I actually think Zaya has uh, a lot of talent. I think I would actually would not mind seeing her as well. She was getting a bit of a pop too, and she started kicking people. Mm-hmm. She's laying it in. But like I oh, said, I actually... my favorite part of this was when Kirari Zane came out, and she pretty much just went right up to Charlotte, and she's like, "I am chopping you right now." And Charlotte was just like, bring it. And she just started laying into her. Uh, I think they actually used a lot of like the NXT or I guess the random people like Zaya, uh, pretty well. I, I also like that EO and Kirari both like when both of them came in and I mean, it, it's, it's more from the, the, your previous knowledge of them being top dogs. I like how they both came in. They looked for the t- the the highest totem pole woman in the match, and they pretty much just went like, "I am like, I'm going right for you because you're the the best person here." Yeah, <clears throat> this was the women's Royal Rumble for me. Was the match of the night? I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I thought it was well done. I thought it had some rough patches, and the work was a little subpar in spots, but it was compelling. Um, they paced it pretty well. I thought this was a lot better than the men's match, which I thought was just a boring mess, but we'll get to that. But I thought, I thought like the flaws they had last year, they learned well from and that this wouldn't be an all time best rumble for me, but this would be a better, this would be a top half rumble. Like for me. Okay. Matt, anything? Well, you got to watch highlights, so yeah, but, uh, I think it, from what, I the feedback I've heard that this was better than last year's uh, women's rumble, and that I mean, obviously the right person went over. Yeah, like you have the hottest act um, winning. This it's it's kind of reminiscent to me of back in like the late '90s uh, when they would have like Rock or Austin win it. It's like yeah, like that makes perfect sense because this is the hottest person you have in in this case, yeah, in the women's division, and I, I mean, arguably the entire company, but. 
they did the right thing. I think that it was, we all kind of figured they would probably do something like this. Um, but they actually pulled the trigger, and I appreciated that. So, and they they did a good job of every woman got to do something memorable, and every woman came out of this looking pretty good. That was that was my favorite part of it is that everybody benefited in yeah. some way from being because because of the men's rumble. That is not true at all. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, I'm going to uh, move us on to the next match. <clears throat> this was. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the WWE title. Um, so I did not, I did not watch this because I was finishing this up today and it ultimately came down to, I'm not devoting 30 minutes of my life for a match that ends with a run in um, finish. Well, I would call it more of a mosey in, but uh, I, I, I do take your point. This match uh, I enjoyed. I like Bryan. I like styles. It's, it, it had something that I really like in a match in that it it's not too smooth. Like the it, It's got a little bit of a rough edge on it, so it looks like these guys are, are going at each other. And it looked really, you know, it was really good. You could have bought either guy winning going either way, and it was really enjoyable. And at the end, uh, we saw the return of Eric Rowan. He kind of moses his way down, and I'm immediately thinking, I'm like, oh, he dresses like Daniel Bryan usually dresses, so let's see what happens. And with, I can't remember what put him down, but the ref goes down for a second. Not even real long. It was pretty quick, uh, pretty quick for the ref to recover. So, you know, props to the ref. <coughs> but he comes in and he does kind of this um, iron claw choke slam hybrid on styles and pulls Brian on top for the win. So I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see Brian start collecting. I don't know. Eco warriors or whatever <laughs> term we want to use. If the, what I want, the Brian family. Like, yeah. What, yeah. What, I, what I want, <laughs> what I want out of this is I want Luke Harper to join up and I want AJ styles. There's Luke Harper. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would really enjoy that. Um, because Luke Harper, but, if we want to talk about probably the most underutilized, underrated talent out there, it's Luke Harper. Uh, I I agree with you. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I, we give Gable props. Um, we give a lot of guys props, but man, for for my money, uh, Luke Harper is is the yeah. guy that they could have done the most with that they haven't. Cause remember like before he signed with WWE and he was just Brody Lee on the independence and he would just go around having like great matches with like everyone. Yeah. Well, look, I liked the, I even liked the bludgeon brothers. Um, yeah, that yeah, match I they had, um, the match roughneck style that match that they, they had with had. new day at SummerSlam <laughs> was awesome. Yeah. I liked that roughneck, like they would abuse each other to fire each other up. I thought that was a great dynamic. So, <clears throat> you know, I, are we, are we to assume that they're probably not going back to that? Yeah, probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <clears throat> so I thought it was good. Um, if the ending kind of ruins it for you, then, then, you know, uh, you can do what Brad did and just kind of skip over it or catch some highlights. The problem is like I had is there was so much show to get through and two nights after work, like I just had to, some of it had to 
yeah. get on the cutting room floor. That's how I've been doing um, like some old pay-per-views and stuff is I just – you know, on the the network's nice enough to have start of this match, end of this match, start of this match, end of this match. I just hop from the start of one match, the end of one match, to the start of the next one. Yeah, and a lot of time out. So let's, <coughs> let's get on to the next match. Uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar this, and Finn Balor. This match was fucking awesome for eight minutes. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Uh, I didn't see this one, but I. I have general comments, but I'm going to save those, okay. I guess, for the men's rumble. Because I, I have, I guess, it, might, it would be my own fantasy booking about things, but so I'll, I'll uh, reserve my yeah, commentary. You've got, some, you've got some feels, right? I do. Uh, I liked, this, what I liked here, this, though, is I like that they did something different with the table spot with Lesnar taking the, t- the, the seal off, and then he misses a charge, and he, like, goes, like, right in with his diverticulitis um damaged intestines yeah right on the corner yep and then that was a really creative spot i thought and then i like that finn's just like oh you're hurt like let's go right back to it like right back into the same spot like every bit of finn's offense was located except for like one sling blade i think yep and but i think finn fired 15 drop kicks into the same spot and then like him just him just like doing like repeated dives onto him oh yeah he he did what like three dives back to back to back and he that one he kind of missed because lesnar had to like kind of dive to save his head on the first one yeah here's the thing if you go back and you watch all the matches that that brock had with with roman you didn't see him selling the way uh, that you did in this match. Like Brock showed vulnerability and Finn went after that vulnerability and just hammered on it and hammered on it and hammered on it. And it was, that was really cool. I think that this match, honest to God, I think it got cut for time. I think this worked better as short though, because this was all about like Finn just saying like, I have nothing to lose. Like I'm throwing everything I have at you. Yeah, and, and the crowd the crowd started pretty quiet for this, and then as like Finn started like getting him more and more in trouble, the crowd started like just getting oh, louder the and louder. In, yeah, the crowd absolutely bought in. But, but what I loved about this, and I wish more matches like this. I love he hits the coup de gras and he gets a little careless with his arm, and Lesnar just grabs it, and like Kamara. Here's, here's the thing that got me about that is we have this this whole match go on. It flies in the face of, of general wrestling structure is that Lesnar just grabs the Kimura and that's the finish. Well, there uh, that's kind of a playoff his Shane Carwin fight, though, in the UFC, which is kind of interesting. OK, um, I mean, I know it would, that was the that was what he used to to beat Taker and stuff, but I'm. Just, just for him to snatch that, and that's the finish on the match. I was kind of like, ah, really? I'm, I'm just not. Yeah, but there is a realism thing though, where he just kind of like, because he is, he is a legitimate fighter, and they. That's one of the yeah. few things the announcers did a good job with is like hyping up that he is like, such a decorated fighter, and then he just sees an arm, like yeah. out there, and he just, he just, he just snags it right up, and like, that's the end of it, and it doesn't even right. make. 
And that's also a good way that it doesn't make Finn look terrible because he just got caught. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, the the good way about ending the match like that, even though it's not my personal preference, is the fact that um, if you do it, the, yes, the crowd has to come down from the fact that they were so hyped for what Balor was doing that it it happens very quick. And so it's not this long, drawn-out, you piss the crowd off kind of thing. Like, it happens real quick, and it goes down, and you don't kill them for the whole night. Um, so that's that's good. But I also think but, I also think wrestling would benefit from that happening, like, not all the time, but I think, like, I think there needs to be more matches littered, like, maybe, you know, once every couple of months where someone just gets careless with a leg or an arm, and someone just plucks that up and, like, cranks something you, in and they're, they're toast. Yeah, you, well, I mean, you pull that over from MMA, MMA and you get caught. And it happens. Um, it's just that's... Yeah. Here's the thing. That's not what most wrestling crowds are expecting right now. And I say that having, you know, done that in a few of my matches. And that was the, that was the part that frustrated me. Is, like, I've done that. And it just... That's not what they're looking for. And so it's kind of frustrating um, to... Yeah, at least to me, because I, I, I'm snake bit by it, I guess. I think, and I think in this instance, like, you did a good, like, you did a good, like, you didn't, you didn't do a screw job finish, but you protected everyone, and you did it in a way that didn't cheat the crowd. Like, I think that's where this was really good. That's, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. The, um, thing that, uh, yeah, I can, I can agree with that, and it puts Balor having come in so close to beating Reigns, it puts him in very elite company. So, and, and I think like, I think, I think they could have tweaked some things and done some things differently where you could have really sold the idea of demon Finn versus Lesnar as like this, um, definitive settlement. You could, I don't know that they will, but, um, it, there's, there's a whole logic thing that goes into that of, of, Shouldn't this be a case when Finn absolutely busts out the demon, and yet he doesn't? Yeah, that was. And, I, I I take uh, issue with that too. Well, it, I feel like they kind of booked themselves in a corner on that, because it's like, well, we we can't um, we can't have him do that because then the demon doesn't lose. But why wouldn't he do that? Because you know he's got a shot versus Lesnar. Uh, you know. It, it it's it's I think there's a more worthwhile kind of, storyline though where you could do like him coming back as the demon and Lesnar kind of laughs it off at first and then Finn either right. like attacks him or something happens and like Lesnar still kind of laughs it off but you can kind of see that like oh yeah I'm laughing at this but I'm actually kind of like freaked out by it I could um Given how close Finn got, I could see Lesnar being in a place where he's like, oh, oh, this is not good. He did it for like him actually being concerned uh, just with the demon entrance. It's like, oh, this is, uh, oh, uh, this is not what I wanted to have happen. He did it for Joe, though. Like, remember, like, after yeah, the match, yeah. Joe's, like, music hit and, like, Lesnar steps back and, like, yep. Lesnar's, like, still kind of, like, you know, smirking at him, but there's kind of like that. He has that bit of hesitation to him. 
Yeah, yeah. Which is like, like I beat you, but I'm pretty sure like you could, like, you might get me the next time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I could totally see that with um. I could totally see them doing that with the demon stuff. Okay, so then that takes us. And by the way, if if you we've noticed, in spite of what Vince said to Finn on Raw, it's like yeah, you got to have a lot of beef to take on Brock Lesnar. Who are the people who've done the best against Brock? Um, Daniel Bryan, see, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor, yeah. right? You know what I want to see now, though, and I know they probably did it back in the day. I want Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar so bad. They did do that. That was part of how they put. Uh, that was the the thing when uh, from an old episode we were talking about the stretch muffler that Brock did. Brock did that to Ray. He had, you know, I, he had I love Ray it. cranked on it and say he sat into it and it looked brutal. I love that move, and no one ever uses it because you have to be basically have that kind of like really big dichotomy of like a really big dude and a smaller guy to yeah. actually make it look like really cool, but. Mm. Mm. yeah it's 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 a really it, it's a great move and it looks so impressive there was um there was um at chikara high noon there was this guy um tersus this is this is kind of off it just made me think of it he was like this big 300 pound guy and he was fighting green ant and mm-hmm. um they'd been having a few green ants a much smaller guy so green ants like trying to turn him for a boston crab or the chikara special i don't remember mm-hmm. which and he can't turn him because the guy's so big. So Green Ant's trying to turn him, and he just finally just starts kicking him across the back to get him to turn. <laughs> and, it, and they had a, they had this like brutal feud like going up to that, and it was such a great end because it's just like I can't do it. Like fine, like and he just starts laying into him until he gets him to like he can get the the move. Get the hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a I did a spot like that a couple of times where it's I'm trying to get. Like if I was trying to get an armbar and the guy had uh, the guy had his hands clasped or something, I, I I did a spot where you know he's got him he's got him hooked together. And instead of kicking, I did once where I, I kicked the other guy's arm and the elbow to get him to separate, and I did once where I sat up and just started punching him in the ribs to let him get let him go. I love that. That makes so much sense yeah. to me. And just okay. As another note, best stretch muffler in the game is Manabu Nakanishi. I, I want to see it. I do. I'm not doubting you. I'm saying I want to see that. He like stands up, like he gets the, his their like leg over his shoulders, and he just stands straight up and like makes them dangle. Mm. That was in um, that the first time I saw that was in uh, Here Comes the Pain on the uh, SmackDown. Uh, yeah, it was on on the SmackDown games on PlayStation Two. That's where the first that's, place I remember it. That's going back a long ways. It is. Here that's, comes the pain. I don't. What year was that? That was probably two thousand two, two thousand three. Wow. Yep. Look, here's the thing. After I don't know most of a decade or a half decade of AKI THQ games, and then here comes the pain. I quit playing wrestling games because they didn't measure up. You put all those together, and that for me, that's the golden age of wrestling games. But I anyway, I think I did a couple Raw vs. SmackDowns, um, but they got too convoluted for the control scheme because the THQ um, Aki ones just have like the perfect 
simplicity it's, to them. It's so smooth. You know, it's nice. We've like talked it. about doing like a video game episode on the podcast. I will say we've t- we've also mentioned this before. I actually really do like the Fire Pro games. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Once you get used to the whole timing thing, uh, they're tremendous fun. It's really the breathing. Like once you understand, like you have to breathe. Oh, the breathing too. Yeah. 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 So it's it's not something that I've gotten to uh, gotten to really do yet. But I I do have a copy of Fire Pro Returns here from old PS2. I just got to dig out a memory card. Uh, anyway, the new one's really good, and it has New Japan on it now. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and roll this on into the rumble here. Um, I've watched bits and bits and pieces of it. Oh, I've watched um, the whole damn thing. <laughs> the the opening on it, um, honestly, I thought that took too long, but it was you know kind of a fun way to open um, with Elias and and Double J. The Elias thing, like since his face turn is not doing it for me quite like it was. Apparently he's healing it up this week. But um, this went too long for the joke. I kind of like the way they used uh, Double J, and yeah. um, and then Elias kind of like double crossing him and eliminating him. Yeah. But this was like five minutes for like what should have been a ninety second joke. Yeah, the the joke honestly went on too long, but and I that gotta... that would have been fine, except for the fact that this pay-per-view at that at, by the time this started was probably like a, running at like five hours so yeah it, yeah that was just poor pacing and this is also um this is this is also like a running theme throughout this um this rumble where they poorly used a lot of guys yeah the uh, by the way jeff jarrett can still throw a mean punch uh, as soon as he did that, I really appreciated it. So he he's he was still having good matches like as of a couple years ago. So, um, I I got part of the way through. Uh, I got to see uh, Joe be awesome because it's Joe. Um, Kurt Angle it, blew up almost immediately when he came in. Yeah, you notice Kurt didn't take. Uh, Kurt didn't take bumps. He can't even freaking do his. He can't even do the suplexes, like because his back's so like screwed. Yeah, they those are some pretty low angle Germans. Yeah, he uh, he they, he he should not be in a wrestling ring. No, he, it's 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 terrible. The time has passed, and I really don't want him to get hurt. Yep. So, but I will tell you the best part of this um, rumble. And it is legitimately the best part is Titus O'Neil making his entrance. Did he? No, he he like came down all cautiously and like acknowledged that he did it. And then like, <laughs> and then as he did it, like Kurt Hawkins like stuck his head out from under the ring. So he chased him like under the ring. So he did end up under the ring just by choice this time. Oh, okay. And like, okay. and, and I mean, I don't, I hate, I hate the announcers, but like, Michael Cole and like um and JBL and like Lawler were so ready for him to like tumble under there. <laughs> they were like, come on, like come on. Like, you could just tell they wanted him to like fall. Yeah. But no, he like he like acknowledged it and the crowd was like the crowd like cheered when he didn't like fall. Because uh. he kinda came <laughs> running and then he like stopped and he's like, I didn't do it this time. Right. It's nice to be kind of self aware about it. Yeah. Uh, the 
Okay, that's what was I thinking of? Um, uh, the thought left me. Hey, I'll, I'll come back to it. Um, so we go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Um. Oh yeah, Titus and Neil lasted five seconds. Oh okay. So the the amount of guys that lasted less than a minute in this rumble were one, Apparently, two, quiet. three. I think a few. Three. No, four. Four people wow. lasted less than 30 seconds. Huh. But 30 seconds or less. That's... that's. Uh, so gender, no, that... Titus O'Neil, No Way Jose, and Bobby Lashley. He... Uh, Xavier Woods? He lasted... Where is he? <sighs> he went oh, out no, pretty quick. Five. Too. He lasted for three yeah. seconds. Sorry. So five. Um... The uh, gender's elimination. I can't remember who eliminated him, but Johnny Gargano. Gargano did. Yeah. It was a great elimination because I mean Gargano. Gargano went uh, went quick for it, and Gargano had a nice had a nice run. You know, he he wasn't out there for too long. He got to do some cool stuff. People got to see him. It looked good. Um, so that was nice. You know who was really over in this match was Mustafa Ali. Oh yeah, he he has been pretty great uh, on SmackDown. Like that's a guy who I don't I don't know it. He fascinates me because he's a really great worker and he somehow escaped from Two Hundred Five Live. Like he that's did. I guess how good he was and how it's because uh, he has a personality. He does, and he, I guess he got on someone's good list because they brought him up. But he, he got on his, he got on Vince's good list. I I think he, I, I think the, it was Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan's been like, I want to work with that guy. I want to work with that guy. Like I, because I know when they 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 told Daniel Bryan he could pick who he could work with. I know Mustafa Ali was like number two on that list or something. He he his push or his at least like moving up and then working with you know some of the top guys on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. fascinates me because it, it to me it's almost like a throwback because this is like back in the day when like either like 90s WCW or something like that where you would have a guy come in and he'd be clearly like undercard maybe he's like a luchador or something and then for whatever reason he gets on someone's good list or one of the top guys wants to work with them and all of a sudden they start moving up the card and they start having great matches. Like you know who I I will will tell you exactly what it reminds me of is Rikishi when he came back in 2000 where he just kind of started. I don't, well, no, where he kind of started as kind of like he was this guy doing lower card stuff and suddenly like he got over and suddenly he's working with like triple H and like all these guys and he's having these really good matches when he kind of, they kind of just had him as like a throwaway at first. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's somewhat comparable. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was someone actually uh, reposted in the Squared Circle subreddit. It was Mustafa Ali telling the story. And he said that Vince told him, he said, listen, you, you're not just a baby face. You get people to empathize with you. And that's going to take you real far. And I think it was Vince. I'd have to double check. It might have been Triple H. But the thing, the, the thing that captivates me about Mustafa Ali. Like his ring works good, yeah. But the his promo style, the way he does those promos, 
because uh, he did the one about Joe and about you know how eyes tell the truth, the eyes tell the truth and stuff like that. That right there, that's what hooked me in with Mustafa Ali, and they're so good. I'm, I'm don't sleep on Ali. He's he. I think he's going to be a big deal. Yeah, can can we also talk about um, Drew McIntyre? What the hell happened? Um, what did happen with with McIntyre in this? Well, he lasted twenty minutes and got eliminated by Dolph Ziggler. I just meant like people were talking about how he was in line for this big push, and he just kind of is in mediocrity limbo right now. I don't uh, think they know what to do with him because clearly, like the the idea is to push Rollins right now. Yeah, uh, since the whole. Roman thing fell apart. Uh, not, I mean, again, he seems to be doing Roman like in real life seems to be doing well at the moment with his yeah. treatment, which I that, despite my feelings about his push, um, I'm happy about that because he's a he's actually a real human being who, by all accounts, is actually a pretty decent human being. Yeah. Um. So they're I don't know like they they want to push him, but he's not like the top heel per se. And their focus laser laser focused on Rollins being the guy. So he's just what does he have to do? Like feud feud again with Ziggler? I mean yeah. that's yeah kind of boring. Like I don't I guess like he I think that they will do something with him. I mean, if you look at eliminations, he had four eliminations, which outside of Braun, that's the yeah. most of anyone uh in there this rumble. So clearly they're trying to still protect him. You can, yeah. This match, though, this match died as soon as Rollins was taken out on that table because you could just see the crowd collectively go, oh, like, he's yeah. winning. Yeah, and kind of broadcasting a little too easily. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think that the problem with, with McIntyre is that they're going, you know, we, we want to do this, we want to do this, but not yet. And they're going to stall it out, and that's going to hurt. Yeah, now, he's, he's going to lose all heat and, and interest by the yeah, time he actually pull it. Yeah, he's going to end up getting stale again. I don't, I don't mean again about him. I mean it's going to happen to another person. Um, it, look, I, this is kind of like again. I, I'll I'll save my comments, like broader comments, but it's it's like why not? Take a, take a chance and push someone like him to the title because if the concept is like well you need Lesnar like look just have Lesnar be like an attraction act at this point yeah like you don't he doesn't need to have the title no uh, for these matches you can have him face AJ or Daniel Bryan or Finn whatever you can just have that be a match it doesn't have to be for the title so you can move it on to other people it's if if Brock were to show up and say, if Brock's attitude was, I don't need that title, I'd just show up and challenge people that I think would be a good challenge. And it's like, oh, oh, crap, you know, Andre the Giant has come here and he's he's hunting me directly kind of stuff. That would be, first of all, a push for whoever he did it with in terms of perception. It wouldn't be tying the title up all the time. And that could make for some really intriguing stuff because you're not restricted on who you do that with because, you know, the title's not in play. So you could do it with anybody. And Brock just Brock could just be like, I want to work with this guy. I think it'll be fun. And they'll be like, all right, you can work with him. And they don't have to never have Brock lose. They can 
maybe you know have some people win but I think the problem too is like 75% of their roster is heal right now yeah that that's that's never a good thing yeah because <laughs> then what do you do if you if you have <coughs> I'm sorry three heals for every baby face then you know what what are two of those heals gonna do yeah but I, personally like okay I personally thought I don't think this is a bottom five rumble but this was a bottom ten rumble like there was just way too much filler like there were guys in this rumble that don't even like make it to raw or smackdown on a regular basis and this is what happens when you have like 10 matches on a show like this would have been better like you couldn't have had rusev in here too you couldn't have like just done away with a couple matches and maybe had like the bar in here or maybe had aj in here yeah but you know we couldn't have that because like um, why like what has no way jose done on the main roster well, their roster's too big right now. It's it's too big. Their roster is too big for their creative staff because they don't know what to do with them. Everything you you know you have the same two or three people taking multiple segments on a given show. The reason Raw feels like a three hour show is because it's got the same two or three people taking up two or three segments. And yeah, instead of you know. It, for all of its faults, WCW, when a segment ended, you got new people out there most of the time. We're only like, what, a month, maybe two months uh, outside of the the era where Baron Corbin was himself getting like an hour. On yeah. Raw every, yeah. Every I think he's getting so, like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's insane. And you're right. Like I mean, they, they just, at this point, they just hire guys so that no other company can get them and if you have the money for that fine but it's like you're not doing anything with guys and it's like there there really is no excuse for that when you have so many people you literally could just throw people out i mean you want to push guys but you could at least have people out there in like tag matches or something where at least like they're they're on there people recognize them and i know these people a lot of these people do work uh on the house circuit so they're they're competing but it's just you have you have plenty of time and content to put out there so you should do something with them and it's like i don't know there's plenty of like really talented guys and that's that's kind of the 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 problem they have is that that's great they're bringing a bunch of people up from nxt they have a ton of guys in nxt now who i think are really impressive like champa gargano even alistair black and all those people but it's like what what the hell are they gonna do yeah they're, if they get they're gonna up. get lost they're gonna get lost in the show they're gonna be they're like lost. sanity and aop honestly i don't watch like week to week has sanity even like been appearing on no. on smackdown no like i think, I think they, they threatened to show like they showed up once but um that, that's all i'm aware of and then like uh the authors of pain like i mean i know they threw the tag titles on them but they weren't doing anything with them no no they kind of no, lost that... all their luster without paul ellering they're uh, true i don't i i agree with that but even even so like that's a tag team right there 
you I, I know they have too many heals but you could have brought them in you could have paired them off with like some other heal like i don't know if you want to like do the baron corbin show make raw the baron corbin show you could easily have baron corbin be like these guys are my enforcers yeah that's uh, true. and you could have had you could have got them over you could have had those guys learning even more by having them face off against you know like i don't know rollins and ambrose or something you could have them go against like some of the top bases in the company or other people but instead it's like with the, what's the most they did with them they had them with uh with drake doing like a pissing gimmick it's yeah. like what? yeah yeah the, and, and and that wasn't even about them it just the guy was attached to him and he'd still turn them into a joke yeah so Incidentally, um, why weren't the fashion two, police like in this? Like they would have been better than some of the oh my, choices. Yeah, well, I, isn't uh, isn't Fandango still? I thought he was hurt. Yeah, yeah, he's. I think he's recovered. He had like he had some sort of surgery. You could have had okay. Tyler Breeze come out though. He's over. Oh, you yeah. easily could have. Yeah. So I want to hit two more points before we wrap. Um, <clears throat> the first is uh, I I honestly didn't expect to see Ziggler back in the Rumble. Um, I've heard nothing about him signing a new contract, so maybe it was a one-off payday thing. Here's the other thing. Uh, this news broke a few hours before we recorded. Um, apparently, Dean Ambrose will not be renewing his contract when it expires in April. This was a statement from WWE itself. This was on, um, yeah, this was a WWE statement saying, you know, he will not be renewing his contract when it expires. We're grateful and appreciative for all he's done. Uh, we wish him well and hope one day he returns. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but my, I, I, I'm, I'm smelling something fishy. Uh, I think like, Wade Keller said that he's upset with creative. Yes. That's, what do you that's, what do you mean by fishy? Do you think that it's like a uh, an angle, or do you think he really is gone? I think that they could be parlaying his his unhappiness might end up getting parlayed into something at Mania. Now, I'm only halfway in on it. I'm only halfway in on this conspiracy theory. Let me get my tinfoil hat out and put it on, because on the other hand, I, I read about it. You know, the statement was he. He's pissed at creative. He wants to go and be either more like the John Moxley character was or like what early Shield Dean was, but they're not letting him do that. So, you know, of course, he, he feels stagnant. <clears throat> and so, you know, he wanted to leave. Now, on one hand, this would be an amazing coup for All Elite to pick up, right? To someone with that much... Uh, recognition and presence in the U.S. signing on with them. That would be just amazing. On the other hand, like I said, the, the full statement was, <clears throat> we wish him well and we hope one day Dean will return to WWE. I'm like, I had never, first of all, I've never heard of an announcement three months ahead of time that someone's going to leave when their contract is up. And I've never seen them have a statement that this person's leaving. We wish him well and hope he comes back someday. Well, I think I think I think there's an easy explanation for that. Okay. If he's legitimately leaving, um, Dean obviously has a lot of friends. 
Yeah. His wife is going to continue to work there. Yeah. And if they do not treat him well on the way out, other large stars in the company are going to take note and keep that on their little scorecard when signing time comes around. So you have to treat, like, especially someone as high up as him, you have yeah. to treat him nice on the way out, especially with this well-financed company that can actually scoop these guys up as you get rid of them. Okay. And they, well. they've also had a lot of guys want to leave recently. Um, and so yeah, that's true. I think they have. I think they have to play nice with at least a couple of them to try and like slow that bleeding down. Yeah, because and now people have options. And just because he's saying no now doesn't mean when April rolls around they can't like convince him to stay. Yeah, that was that was what one thing that occurred to me is that they might it might be a well you know. Um, you know, they because they could. The, I, I saw a clip before we started recording from the uh, <clears throat> from um, the from Raw, and it's him in the ring with with Rollins and Triple H is out there, and he's like, "Well, why don't we just have us a little match right now?" He looks at Triple H and goes, <clears throat> "He doesn't cough, but he looks at Triple H and goes, I hear you've got some pull around here.'" Why don't you just go ahead and make the match? And Triple H goes to leave. And Dean walks over and leans through the ropes and gets right in Triple H's face. He says, where are you going? You got to ask your father-in-law's permission first. And I was like, wow, that's way more character out of him than we've seen for a long time. Could, you know, in my in my tinfoil hat, could this end up being a, like, this turns like a shoot turns into a work and it ends up being Ambrose V triple H at mania and some kind of crazy all out. We're beating the fire out of each other match or something. But triple- I suppose that you'd have to assume that triple H is going to be like healed up by then. He's cleared now. Oh, yeah. oh is he? Yeah. He's clear. He just got the, the news that he got cleared just came out the other day. I, I don't know. It could possibly be, um, real now and yeah. then really just a ploy for them to actually like when it comes down to it uh then make another pitch yeah or he gets creative control of that that's actually still a thing i uh, i don't know i also think, it has been for a while I, but. I also think that if if dean is like a savvy contract negotiator he's going to let aew offer him a deal and then he's going to go to Vince and say, this is what they're offering me. Beat it. And how much is the, um, how much will the, uh, creative control aspect of it be worth in terms of money? Cause look, I, I got to figure if, if this is a really big, if, <clears throat> if he's been smart with his money at all, he's probably in a really good place. Now we're coming at you know we're we're in a business where you know Ric Flair has been paycheck to paycheck at points in his life when he should have been set, but <clears throat> he may be in a place where it's just like you know what I I don't care about the money I just I want to do this the way I want to do it and you guys aren't going to let me. Yeah, and I mean there's something to be said for working like l- less days. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I've advocated for this before uh, in, in a real early episode about having either an off-season or a, a, a period where guys can can like sit out for a cycle and heal up and, and rest and be at home or something like that. Where they can, you know, take some time, come back fresh, um, you know, get rid of those nagging injuries, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I know there's logistical problems with it, but um, you know, there's there's a lot of benefits too. You know, the roster's so big now, you could you could easily cycle your guys. Oh yeah, you, you sure? Think about the house show circuit. I don't, I don't know how much they're making on that, they, but you wouldn't have to have everybody. I think they on every show. I think show. they're barely breaking even on house shows now because, like, they make all their money from TV. Okay. Well, uh, go ahead, Matt. I thought I heard you going to say something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, two things. I, I well, I want to talk about like the, the finish of the Rumble and get okay. to my like griping about it, but but just with. Ambrose, like some people were complaining because I guess the, the rationale obviously is that he's not happy with the, the kind of the creative direction with him. And I saw some people like kind of mocking that. It's like, oh, the guy who's like consistently pushed as one of the top guys is unhappy. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can be unhappy because it, for anyone who's not aware or not watching the, the product, uh, they do a lot of dumb stuff with even the top guys. I mm-hmm. mean, you have like Braun Strowman who you know, at one point was the most over guy in the company and they've like jerked him around for so long that now he's starting to look like <coughs> he's bailing yeah. now. Like Ambrose was a guy who like, they never probably should have turned heel. He's not this early. Mm-hmm. So no. yeah, I, I can see. So yeah, so the people are like, Oh, he's complaining. It's like, yes, it doesn't matter if he's like the top push guy, if you're like the top push guy and made to look like an idiot that so that yeah. no one's going to actually care. He was like getting then. ass injections like a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, the well, I mean, you, you want us talking about you know top pushed guys who are being mismanaged before the whole thing. Ha- How long did it take before they actually finally pulled the trigger on their chosen one on Roman, and they sat on it for so long? Yeah, exactly. He was the guy that they were pushing as the top guy, and they you had like months of him not winning the big match. Yeah. Which did nothing for him. Even if you, even if you didn't like the fact that he was the top guy, like at least like, like own it, right? Uh, but can I get into my griping about <laughs> the yeah, finale? Go, yeah, absolutely. Go for so it. So obviously, sorry, we know that Rollins that Rollins won. Yeah. Um, and again, I didn't watch. I didn't have time to watch this. Uh, what was the crowd reaction? Uh, lukewarm. Lukewarm. It's it's yeah, hard I mean, to tell though because they. It, it was obvious after the Becky thing, like, other than the Brock match, like, they really checked out. Like, they gave, like, um, from what I saw of AJ and Daniel Bryan, they worked to dead silence the whole time. It wasn't quite dead silence, but it was not the, the reaction that those two guys have gotten in the so past. So he, he did not get a great reaction. Um, I think it, Becky in that same exact spot still would have gotten a great reaction. Um, it wasn't great. But the crowd was tired and pretty checked out by then, and mm-hmm. and um, as soon as he hit the table, the crowd like lost interest because they knew where it was going. Yeah. Okay. So look, I know we don't like to do. But Naya, Naya getting Naya getting 
beat up got a better reaction than what <laughs> my wife and i are watching that and my wife's like so does this mean like brock lesnar can enter the women's rumble next year yes mm-hmm. yes he can and instead yeah. of uh instead of ray mysterio he can he can do stretch mufflers and f5s to uh katie Catanzaro, whatever oh. her name is Oh man, that's one of our mutual friends made a joke about made that joke. I stole their joke. Um, oh okay, and the, they they were like, "Oh my god, she would get so many rotations on the F5." <laughs> it's like <laughs> probably would. You, yeah, you're right. She absolutely would. Uh, anyway, let me have my griping. I know we've gone long, but I I, I know we don't do fantasy booking really, but it, again, like he's. I've said before on the podcast, I think that Seth Rollins can be a main event guy. Um, he's been there before. I think he's fine, like, transitionally. But I would not be giving him what will ultimately be, like, the co-main event of Mania with Lesnar. Like, uh, we all are assuming it's going to be Lynch, Rousey, or Lynch, Charlotte, Rousey, um, mm-hmm. depending on how they go as the main um, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm actually super excited about that match, even though I don't want it to be a three-way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Rollins should... I don't think he's over enough, and I don't think that this is like what should be done. Like, If you really want to push someone into the match and make it, it both elevate someone and have the fans really be happy, they should have switched the roles here um, with Rollins and Balor. You should have just... Whatever that... like gauntlet match thing was or elimination match whatever it was that that balor won to get this spot it they just should have just had <clears throat> they should have just had rollins win that face lesnar here at this pay-per-view lose and then instead of rollins and uh the rumble that's when you have balor come out as the demon and then he makes it and he's the final he's the winner See, mm-hmm. I would have what I would have done is I would have kept the the Lesnar Balor match as is, and mm-hmm. then I would have had Balor come out as the Demon at thirty, and then won the Rumble as the Demon. Yeah, but they already kind of pulled that with Becky. It, so it would I don't have know. been slightly different though, because because then you could have Balor pretty much say like, you know, I'm not challenging as me next time. Like you're facing the Demon. Mm-hmm. And because it was already a good match where he got caught, like you have the perfect like. Oh yeah, that'll build a lot of heat. Yeah. And it also, it also, I think, I think the crowd would have gone ballistic for like the demon at like the exact right moment in this. Yeah. And you could have just had him like clean out like the last couple guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the point is, like I would have, I would have had him win. And I would have had him be the one facing Lesnar because he is, despite the fact that they're not really doing anything with him except for the last like two three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, he's crazy over. He and is. I think like it's it is insane how little they've done with him, how much the crowds are behind him. Yeah, yeah. and whatever like stigma has been attached to him, I hope that they're getting out of that. But they they really should recognize that they should be pushing him. I mean. I like the guy. The guy's like I think in his late thirties. Uh, he's still in great shape and can go, but it's like you shouldn't waste and, time with him. And the like you other should thing keep is, pulling the trigger now. And the other thing is, women absolutely love him. Like anecdotally, like women like go crazy for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I I mean I just would have had him like in that match. Especially with um Chris Hemsworth being like so big. Mm-hmm. Like you have a guy in like that similar mold and like you're not he's not the face of your company. Like you could be you could be doing so much better. Yeah. Like this is something like this is something like Jerry Jarrett would have killed to have this guy like mm-hmm. on his roster. Yep. Like he would have had him in the Rock and Roll Express, like in the fabulous ones, like at the top of every show, and he would have just been rolling in the money. Can you imagine um, him with booking power having folks like uh, Finn Balor and John Morrison, and yeah. um, we'll throw we'll throw AJ in there too. Um, can you can you imagine what he could do with all that? Yeah, I mean, the missed potential has been kind of the story of WWE for the last two, three years, because they lock in on one thing and and they won't deviate. Yep, and like he has, so. he has like he's a good Finn Balor is also a really good like PR person for the company too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's the crazy thing. Like they they were gung ho on pushing Roman, and that's fine. But like at at no point do they not realize like this guy is on your roster too. Like this guy could even if you don't want him to be like the next the guy for the next like you know ten years. Like this guy clearly could do everything you want Roman to do. Like mm-hmm. he's a good looking guy. He's popular with women. At least the men also respect his talent. He's uh. He's popular. He's over. The demon thing is kind of like a cool gimmick for kids. Mm-hmm. He clearly can talk. He can go on Good Morning America, whatever. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. You know what the problem? Uh, with, you know what the problem? Like him comparatively to Rollins is though. Rollins is that guy. Like you own a Rollins shirt if like you really wanted to buy a shirt, but the, like the two guys you really wanted, like all their stuff was gone. Like he's the guy you end up with when like the Finn Balor, the Braun Strowman. And like the, I don't know, like the Ronda Rousey stuff's all gone. Then you get like the Rollins thing. That's like what he is. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's there. It's on clearance. Yeah. So. It's it's kind of cool looking, and it it's not like an overtly wrestling shirt, and so that works. But it's, it's all right. It's like um. It's like um. I'm trying to think of like a comparative one. It's like when you would end up with um. Oh, I can't even think. Ah, forget it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Matt, you're absolutely right. This guy is the one who could. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. This was the this, <laughs> this this was a guy who could absolutely be that goodwill ambassador for your company. I, I actually and, I actually have a good comparison for it now. What Seth Rollins is? Seth Rollins is when your grandmother got you go bots as a child instead of Transformers. <laughs> I had a lot of GoBots. Like <laughs> they were cheap. But it, it's, yeah, it's not quite the same. Um, also, Finn Balor doesn't have the specter that could be brought up out of the past of the uh, the pictures floating around thing. Like I know the fans have forgotten about it and that sort of stuff, but if anyone decided to take issue, they could dig that whole my, thing up. My friend's wife asked, "This is this is a little outdated because he doesn't have like that streak in his hair anymore." 
when yeah. uh, that happened, she asked my friend, and he thought it was hilarious. She asked if if his pubes had the the same streak in them. <laughs> God, golly! I was just thinking oh. about that the other day for some reason. I don't even remember why. Man, that's okay. Oh, and can we can we talk about something too uh, before we leave for the night? We can we can do it after the rumble though. I I just saw the, I, I just saw the ads for that stupid page movie a couple times this weekend and uh, oh my god guys i forgot to tell you like i actually <laughs> uh had like pre-screening tickets tonight and said i chose to do the podcast because uh, oh. i did not have i did not have much uh much desire to go see it, that it, but it looks it looks, yeah. it looks god awful matt the sacrifices that you make we appreciate so much for this podcast yeah but like they're doing like they're doing they're doing um, a fun, like, romp, like, with a person that there was some pretty, like, troubling and dark things, like, coming out about her, like, I think, it, like, a year and a half ago. Yeah. That was in the middle of all the stuff with Del Rio. Yeah, but, like, it's just, it, it, it just seems, like, really inappropriate, and it just seems terrible, and, like, I don't know, like, why the, you would use the rock in that since since he's probably never actually interacted with her yeah yeah it's uh... hey hey guys yeah guys guys hold on i i have a knock on my door uh-oh yeah who who is it who is it it's, who is <laughs> <laughs> Did that come through? Like, I was kind of <laughs> yeah, I, I missed it. I, it was quiet, but I heard what it. What was it? Paige here. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Paige here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That'll haunt my my nightmares yeah. tonight. Yeah, that's a it's pretty. Yeah, that was a really bad promo. Hey, hold on. Paige is gonna sing a song for us. Oh. Oh man. <laughs> she did she did look eerily <laughs> Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, it was, yeah it, it that that thing you posted I'm like, oh, like it's nice to see uh Frankenfurter can still get work these days. Yeah. It was it was a um a link from that infamous promo where she introduced it. And you can hear it, it's so bad that you hear the director just be like all right, all right, just do it again, and or something like that. It, it to the point where he's like, "I'm I'm so sick of of sitting here doing this." Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry, I, that's... I just I I saw that I saw that trailer like three times this weekend. I'm just like, I don't see how someone could watch this whole movie because this two minute trailer makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> so, uh, I give this show a think... thumbs up, but it's too long. Yeah, there's there's really good stuff in it, but it's it's too bloated for its own good. I would say if if you haven't seen this, I would say watch the two women's title matches, watch the women's rumble, and watch Balor Lesnar, and you'll have a really good time, like a really good time. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd agree with that. Well, guys. <clears throat> um, this has been uh, another episode of the Four Corners Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us. 
Um, let us know what you think. Did uh, was the rumble too long? Was did did you like having all that content? Did you like the men's rumble, the women's rumble? Tell us. You know, we've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. Uh, this is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We want to say thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Paige here. Paige, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't do my my awful Finkel either. So, so there's, there's, it's always I was for next so time. Tempted. Yes, yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. before so, uh, before we go, this is a false ending, but God damn it, Matt! I've been going around for like the last two weeks, going, "You're you're a goddamn coward, Tommy." <laughs> you're a goddamn coward, Tommy. <laughs> I actually may have to watch that again. <laughs> I can record, just like get his exact words and yeah, use it again. Next time we're gonna do that. Let me know so I can introduce Terry Funk as Howard Finkel. Just, <laughs> Harry Funk. I'm the new. WWF competitor, Harry Funk. I need to watch the, the empty <laughs> arena match with Lawler again because Terry had like a really some really great stuff in that. Yeah, yeah. and and the best thing about that is um, who is the who is the 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 Memphis announcer is that Lance yeah. Russell? Yeah, Lance always Lance was just like, come on, he he was like his. I don't know if you call it acting. It's just his work in that is tremendous too, because he's just like so disappointed and upset with Terry for Terry's salty language. There, it's like, come on, Terry, don't say that. Actually, um, yeah. there's a <laughs> Lance Russell had just an amazing voice and great presence. There, yeah, there's um, there's a poster on PWO who's been on some podcasts called Johnny Sorrow, and um, he once encapsulated perfectly like the Lance Russell character. He pretty much said, like, Lance Russell is Kermit the Frog on The Muppet Show. Like, he's just trying to have, like, a good show that keeps getting foiled by these crazy wrestlers. That is amazing. And and it, it, it's, it's like, the perfect, like, description <laughs> of him. And I, I was listening to his podcast, I'm like, oh, my God, that's, that's fucking brilliant. That's Memphis wrestling to, like, a T. Yeah, that's, that's a great way of, of putting it. Yeah. Uh, that's... God, that's really good. I, I can't do Lance Russell. Lance had Russell had a great voice too. So it was. I watched that. I watched that empty arena thing again um, a couple of weeks ago. Can I ask a question? That you brought it up is is Johnny Sorrow? Is that is that JP Sorrow from Laps Fan or no? He's um oh a different guy. Yeah. Um, okay. DC Comics name. No, he's he's a yeah. He lives in like Colorado. He's um he's an interesting guy. Okay. If, uh, if we ever did like, if we ever sat down like you and I and did like an Opie and Anthony thing, I'd probably try and get him because he's like a, oh, yeah. he's like a fan too. Yeah, uh, I'll admit, I know this is going back to earlier, but I got to watch myself because if I do the Finkel thing, I might rip off Luke Gallows a little bit because I, I listened to one they did, and it's like, oh Fink, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing with your retirement these days? And that's that's where the whole birthdays, wedding, bar mitzvahs thing came from. Okay. So gotta be careful so that we don't we don't get the good <laughs> brothers ripping on us, or maybe I should so we get more publicity. But uh, <laughs> hey, let's start a Twitter war. We <laughs> <laughs> just get buried, but then yeah. we'll be who we are. According to Colt Cabana, Luke Gallows probably does have AIDS. If you listen to the. If you listen to um the one with oh crap I can't think of his name the one where they're talking about going to like Sudan or Nigeria and like getting stuck there when they were wrestling the Great Power Udi Cliff Compton oh, 
Oh god. It's, it's the best it's the best episode ever. It's like Compton talking about going to like this foreign country and like the crazy shit that happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we we totally <coughs> went off on a weird tangent there, but That's true. We're, That's true. we're yeah. totally That's We're totally turning the record button off for real this time. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll see you, man. See you. All right, see you guys.